I, I assume when that song is being done, I think maybe like somebody walked out in the middle just like I did right there because I like walk out and he's like, I don't think we're done. And it's like, oh, here I am thinking we're done and everything. Uh, but uh, Pastor Shad did it once. I saw him do it once. And I was just at a conference where uh, somebody walked out in the middle of a worship set in front of like 4,000 people. So this isn't, this isn't near as bad as that. But anyway, welcome to week two of the Posture Series, second week, final week. I don't know if it's really considered a series, but uh, last week we talked about different postures of prayer that we see in the Bible. And these included being face down on the ground, just praying, just humbling yourself down and, and just worshiping or just accepting God's will over your own life, just complete submission. Uh, the other... Um, posture that we we looked at was just arms reached whether it's arms reached in prayer arms reached in praise arms reached in blessing people uh, or arms reached in receiving a blessing and uh, if you missed that message you can go check out the whole thing on the podcast officially now and I guess Pastor Shad was paying attention to the message because can anyone tell me what he had the congregation do just this last Sunday yeah yeah, Anna just did it. He had, he had the congregation reach out and uh, pray, pray over um, two of the pastors of the church. Um, and you know what they did? I was on camera. I had my eyes open. Don't tell anybody. But what they did to receive that blessing is they reached out as well to receive it. So it was just awesome uh, to see such a direct application. I am joking. Pastor Shad didn't hear the message, I don't think. But... Keep stepping on stuff. Sorry. Okay. Um, so, but it, but it was very cool to see that right after uh, talking about it. Um, so last week was about physical posture, specifically uh, physical posture that we see in the Bible of people praying. Uh, in week two, we're going to talk about the second definition of posture, which doesn't have to do with uh, your physical body as much as it does... Um, just the way you handle things. So posture definition two is a particular way of dealing with or considering something, an approach or attitude. So posture one is the way that your body physically is in space. Posture definition two is a particular way of dealing with or considering something, an approach or attitude. So it's more of your attitude of handling something. And that's what we're going to talk about today, specifically what your posture is with other people. So how do you deal with other people? How do you consider other people? What's your approach? What's your attitude towards other people? Thank you. <laughs> Shout out to Nick, am I right? Uh, so if I wasn't looking to the Bible for the answer to this question, but instead looking to culture, what might be some of the answers that I'd get. How should you deal with other people? And today we're going to be talking a lot about dealing with people that you don't agree with. So what might the culture say about dealing, handling, having an attitude towards other people, difficult people, people that annoy you? What might culture say to do? Tell, what might they tell you to do? Ignore them. Ignore them? Good. Did you say be louder? 
Uh, yeah, so like try to talk over them. What'd you say, Ryan? Cut Cut them out. Get rid of them. Throw them away. Did someone say something? Can't, yeah, cancel them. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, so, um, I said a lot of similar things. Ignore them. Block people. Unfollow them. Uh, for, for anything, for voting different than you, whatever. Uh, I'm not going to text them if they don't text me first, right? I've seen that. Lie to them so they'll, so they'll like you. Uh, get along as long as you have the same opinions. Like, oh, yeah, we're cool. We're cool. I'm cool. I can get along with anybody as long as they agree with everything I say, right? Uh, and that's why when companies like Chick-fil-A, who support traditional biblical marriage, um, that's why when people disagree with them, when they have a different opinion than them, um, they, they start to get really upset, and they start orchestrating uh, protests on the stores. That's, that's the posture of culture. That's what culture would tell you to do. Follow what's popular, follow what you think, and try to slander everything else. Try to cancel everything else. Cancel culture, yeah. I, I wasn't even thinking of cancel culture, so thank you. Uh, but that's exactly what it is. So something, something tells me, something told me, that's not really what, what the Bible would tell you to do to, to other people, even people that you disagree with, people you don't like, people that might be your enemy. Uh, so we're going we're gonna to see, according to the Bible, how should we posture people? How should we consider people? How should we deal with people? And what should our approach and attitude be for other people? Uh, so let's pray, and then we'll jump into the scripture. Dear God, thanks again. Thank you so much just for everything you are, everything you do. Thank you for your word that we can read it and that we can just have a conversation with you, that we can pray to you and in your word we can, we can hear from you. We can hear what you want to say to us. I pray that you speak through your word, that you speak through your spirit, uh, that it interpret, that it would help me to talk and help everyone to hear and understand your heart your words, and exactly what you want from us. Thank you. Amen. So, there's, there's so many relevant verses in the Bible about, like, how do you handle people? Uh, but I think there's really only one place to start, and uh, I'm sure I've talked about it. Maybe I even talked about it in, recently. Um, but Matthew 22, thir- oh, no. Oh, no. Uh, okay. <laughs> Matthew 23, 37. It says, <clears throat> and he said to him, this is Jesus speaking, and he said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. Now he talks about how to handle other people. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. Ah, I forgot my bracelet. I have a bracelet. It's in, it's in my backpack. I'm just going to grab it. Uh, anyone ever have a Billy Billy JB bracelet growing up? Raise your hand if you have one. What did it stand for? Yeah, so... So WWJD, it stood for what would Jesus do? And can someone kind of just like 
briefly give me the point of that bracelet. Why would people wear that bracelet? What was the campaign all about? Anyone can just anyone can say it. What's that? Yeah, to live like Jesus. So the question is, what would Jesus do? You're in a situation, you look down at your wrist, and you're like, okay, so I'm in this situation. I have a few options. What would Jesus do? Uh, at the conference I was at, I got, I got this bracelet. It's designed to look just like the what would Jesus do bracelets, but it says something different. That's an H. It says H-W-L-F. Doesn't have quite the same ring, uh, but does anyone know what that stands for? Anna, he would love first. Yeah, that it's it's an answer to the question, "What would Jesus do?" If you're asking that question, there is one answer that that would always work, and it's it's on this bracelet, H W L F. He would love first. So no matter what the second the second move is love was always going to be the first move. It might not be the total answer to the question, but it gives you the right start. So no matter what situation you're in, no matter who it is, the very first step in taking a posture towards anybody is to love. Love your neighbor as yourself. So if you've already started the process of dealing with somebody, um, handling somebody, and you didn't start with love, start over. Because you've already started wrong, if you're not starting with love. Um, looking at the tasks that Jesus gives us in this verse, it looks like it's two separate things, right? And I've, I've, heard, the, I've heard it, love God, love people, right? It seems like two separate things, but the reality of it is that you can't fulfill the first commandment. You can't fulfill love God if you're not loving other people. First uh, John 4.20 says, If anyone says, I love God, and hates his brother, he is a liar. For who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. That's kind of that's hard to think about. Because I think in our minds, it's like, oh, of course I love God. He's perfect. He's everything. He's, he's my Savior. Yeah, it's hard to love other people. But of course it's easy to love God. No, that's not what this is saying. This is saying, you must love other people. If you can't love other people who you're seeing, who you're interacting with, how can you possibly love God who you can't even see? You have to be able to love people to love God properly. So the first step to approach, the first step to your approach towards people is to love. So what's the second step? And this isn't I, I have three steps. It's not in the Bible. This is step one, step two, and step three, just for the record. You won't find that. But it is three good points in how to handle, how to deal with, how to have a posture towards people. So step two, we're going to find out in Matthew chapter 5, verse 43. 
It says, you have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be sons of your father who is in heaven. For he makes his son rise on the evil and, and on the good and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. So step two should be prayer. But first I want to go back to, to verse 43 and kind of walk through this because I think it's kind of a perfect outline of what we've talked about up to this point. Um, it says, You've heard that it was said, You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. That's what we start with, right? That's what culture's telling you. Yeah, love the people that you agree with. Love, love the people that you vote the same as. But hate everybody that's against you. Hate them. Cancel them. Get rid of them. That's, I, I think we think of cancel culture as this like new concept. It's, it's trending. Um, but it's not as new as we might think. This was said over 2,000 years ago. And it's still being said today. Maybe not directly, but <clears throat> think back to the example with Chick-fil-A. You would disagree with my lifestyle? Not only am I going to not support you, I'm going to slander you. I'm going to try to bring you a bad name. It's not a new problem. Like Jesus was saying here, it's been a problem a long time. It's natural, it's natural and popular to hate your enemy. Hate the people that don't agree with you. Hate them. But then Jesus goes to say how we need to love. But I say to you, love your enemies. And we already covered that. That's step one, right? Love everybody. Love your neighbor. Love people. But here's step two. Pray for those who persecute you. I think if we're honest, we'd say we probably have enough trouble praying for our friends, for our family, for, for people in our circle. I think we probably have enough trouble for that. And now we're, we're being asked not only, you know, to pray when it's easy. We're going to pray for people that are persecuting us, people that are opposing us, against us, slandering us, canceling us, whatever they're doing. We're called to pray for them as well. And one thing I thought of is praying for your enemy, praying for people that oppose you. Is that something that's going to happen naturally? I don't, I don't think so. Um, Praying for those who persecute you is going to take some intentionality. And it's probably going to feel weird. Uh, I've been punched in the face one time in my whole life. Uh, and let me tell you something. When, when I got punched in the face, would you believe it that, I'm, that I'd say my initial reaction wasn't to pray for them? Because it, it was not. <laughs> my initial reaction was to do something very different. Um, and I don't, I, I don't think anybody would blame me for that. Uh, I don't think anyone would have even blamed me if I punched him back. Because, honestly, that, that would have been totally fair, right? That would have been a fair scenario. He punched me, so now I get to punch him. I think everybody could look at that and say, well, yeah, Matt, Matt, Matt didn't do anything wrong. Maybe it wasn't the best choice of action, but I can't blame him. I think that's what most people would say. Um... But Jesus isn't asking us here to treat people fairly. Uh, he's saying to love and to pray for them anyway. And when you do that, you get to be more like God. 
And that's what he explains next in verse 45. He says, So that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven, for he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good. He sends rain on the just and on the unjust. And the best news for you and for me and for everybody else is that God offers us all grace. He blesses the good and the evil. He sends rain on the just and the unjust. Because, yes, yeah, sure, we're all sitting here in church right now, right? It'd probably be easy to be like, yeah, we're, we're the good he was talking about there. But I hardly think that we're always in that category. I think maybe sometimes we're over here in the evil or the unjust category. And guess what? The sun still rises on us. The rain still falls on us. So I think we can all be so grateful for that that God isn't asking us to treat people fairly and God doesn't treat us fairly he offers us grace and a lot of it so um, when you when you pray and love and bless your enemies you're acting more like God so, so what was step one was love. Step two, I think, I think I heard a mumble of pray. Uh, and <clears throat> step three, nobody's going to guess step three. Step three is heap burning coals on their head. And that sounds like a pretty nasty thing to do uh, to somebody. But that, it's what the Proverbs say to do. It says, if your enemy is hungry, give him food to eat. If he is thirsty, give him water to drink. Verse 22, in doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head, and the Lord will reward you. Heap burning coals on their head. Metaphorically, of course. I don't want anyone going home and heaping burning coals on somebody's head. Be like, Matt told me to do this. He said this was a good thing. I loved them, I prayed for them, and I dumped coals on their head. Ah, what a weird thing to say, though. But it, it must have meant something really good, right? Because Paul quoted this verse in Romans as well. So it's not just a Proverbs thing. It's in the New Testament. It's in Romans. I'm not sure where, but it is in there if you want to look it up. Uh, so what does it mean? What does it mean? What, why do I want to heap burning coals on somebody's head? Um, so there's a... There's a lot of speculation of what it means. I, I, I looked it up, and I read something that gave probably five different things that, that it could have meant. But the reality is, we don't know. We don't know what it means. Um, I have a guess. Like, I have something that I think it means. But we don't know. It's an idiom that didn't survive. Like, I don't, for whatever reason, they stopped using it. I can't imagine why. But... Uh, it's, it's something that we don't really know what the idiom means. Um, but here's something cool about that. It doesn't really matter what it means because the verse before it makes it abundantly clear what we're supposed to do. Bless your enemies. Are they in need? Fulfill their need. Give to your enemies. So not only love them, not only pray for them, but give to them. I kept bringing up the whole Chick-fil-A example, and it's not just because I have their cup right here, um, but this is why, because when the protesters were protesting on Chick-fil-A, 
Does anyone know what the manager did? I believe this has happened on multiple accounts, but the manager and probably somebody else went out to the protesters and started handing out free lemonade. Their enemy's thirsty. They're out in the heat. They're out protesting. And they, what do they need? They need something to drink. So what these people are looking on as their enemy, as someone's opposing them, they're trying to cancel them, trying to get them to change. Meanwhile, they're like, hey, I want this free lemonade. Here you go. I imagine that makes it pretty hard to hate somebody when they're out giving out free lemonade. I, I couldn't do it. If I was there, I'd be like, I love Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A is the best. It'd be hard to do. But also how hard for Chick-fil-A to do that. Somebody's probably, you know, not, not ruining your business, but certainly making it difficult to conduct business. That's not something that I'd personally want to reward. It's not something that, that I'd want to uh, add benefit to their, to their process. But that's what Chick-fil-A does. They go out and they start giving stuff away to them. They're thirsty, they give them something to drink. They dump burning coals on their head. So our posture towards people needs to be as follows. Love them first, just like Jesus does. Pray for them graciously, which aligns you with the Father. Give them what they need. Bless them. Give to them. Dump hot coals all over them. That's how we need to handle people. That's how we need to deal with people. Whether, whether they're friends or enemies, that's what we need to do for them. Not dismiss them, not ignore them, not block them, not cancel them, not follow culture, not hate them. But love, pray, and give. All right, cool. Great message, everybody. Have a great week. Think about what I said once or twice if you have time. Uh, no, just kidding, obviously. So no questions to answer today, just, just an action item. For the next 20 minutes, what I want you to do is these three things. I want you to pray for people. I want you to love people. I want you to give to people. Whatever that looks like, whatever you have to do right now. So maybe there's someone in here and you're like, hey, I'm kind of being drawn to pray for them. Go up to them. Ask them if they can pray for you. Maybe they'll say no. Hopefully not. But just ask. If they say yeah, pray for them. Go out of your comfort zone a little bit. Maybe you need to write somebody a love letter right now. Not a romantic love letter, please. Um, but but a, a love letter of brotherly love to somebody that's going through a hard time or just someone you want to reconnect with. Maybe that's what you need to do. Maybe you want to do that on paper. Maybe you want to text it out. I don't care. If you want paper and pen, let me know. We'll, we'll, we'll find you something. Maybe you need to type out a prayer to somebody. Maybe you just need to ask somebody, hey, is there anything I can be praying for you? Hey, is there anything that you need? Maybe you know what somebody needs. Maybe you need to order that on Amazon right now. Maybe you need to love, pray, or give to somebody in a way that you can't do here. Maybe you need to just leave. 
That's okay. That's totally acceptable. If you have to get out of here right now to go do these things, to have this posture towards people, get out of here. I'm not kicking you out, but go do it. Love, pray, give. I'll set a timer, and uh, I'll come back up and, and dismiss the process. Let's pray. Dear God, thanks for your word. Thank you that you are so gracious, that you love us so much, that you, you make the sun shine on us. Not just when we're good, but also when we're bad. You're not fair to us, and we thank you so much for that. I pray that we can take that example and that we can love people, that we can pray for people, that we can want the best for people even when they hate us, even when they oppose us, even when they're against us. I pray that if we see a need, that we're able to fulfill it. That when we see someone's hunger, we're able to give food. When we see someone's thirsty, we're able to give a drink. Just may your spirit be alive in us and may we take a posture towards people in a way that honors you and in a way that you tell us to. Help us to love. Let that always be the first thing on our minds. Let us reflect the love that you give us. Help us to pray for people. Let us be intentional about that and not just leave it up to chance, not just leave it up to an accident, but to pray. And help us to give. I pray that you change our hearts. That you, you, you point our focus away from ourselves and towards you and towards others. Decrease our selfishness. Amen. Love, pray, give. Go.